This is the Calm Living Blueprint Podcast, episode number seven. Hey, podcast listener. Even if you are feeling alone in your pursuit of calm and confidence, know that today, right now, in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of others all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. At Calm Living, we believe it's only when we stop struggling against our fearfulness and our anxiety that we begin to find lasting freedom from it, to live the lives we want to live. That is what this podcast is about. Come join the Confidence Revolution. Well, hello. Welcome to episode 7 of the Calm Living Blueprint podcast. I am your host, Candice Esposito, the founder of Calm Living Blueprint. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you get a lot of value out of this podcast. This past weekend, I was at Health Fusion 2013, the biannual convention for naturopathic doctors all across Canada. This year, it was held in Ottawa, uh, Ottawa, Ontario, which if you remember from episode one, is the city where I attended university. So it was the first time since graduating that I had been back to Ottawa. Uh, It was interesting since I noticed this kind of nervous, anxious feeling come up in anticipation of this trip. And when I got there, I experienced that just the sight of those buildings, seeing people walking along the Rideau Canal, it brought back a flood of memories. And, you know, they're not good memories. That was a particularly low point in my life at the peak of my social anxiety. Now, Ottawa, the city, had nothing to do with it, of course. I probably would have experienced that wherever I was. But our minds aren't always so logical, right? So my mind had associated these painful memories with the city. Anyway, so on the cab ride from the airport, I consciously chose to make new memories, new associations. I thanked my mind for the memories, for the story it was trying to rehash, And then I turned my focus back to the present moment, back to appreciating the sights and sounds I experienced along the cab ride. And I'll be honest with you, there were a few times during the conference where those memories crept back in. So it was an ongoing process. You know, I'd thank my mind and then turn my focus back to the present moment. Thank my mind, turn my focus back to the present moment. But by taking this action, I consciously chose not to let the painful feelings associated with those past memories ruin my weekend. There was so much in the present moment to experience, to notice. Even though the conference was only three days, I mean, you might think that may not be enough time to create new associations and new memories, but it absolutely is. There was so much to appreciate, to take in, to learn, to discover, to engage with. You know, catching up with old classmates, some of whom I hadn't seen for a few years, listening to them tell me about their life and work and families, 
tasting the deliciously healthy food catered to us, taking in all the awesome information shared by the speakers at the conference, discovering how I could apply that information to benefit my own patients, sleeping in the comfortable bed at the hotel, and on and on. So why am I telling you all this? Well, for one thing, you're going to see in a minute how this story applies directly to the topic of today's podcast. Sure, I experienced some anxiety during my trip while at the conference, but by staying in the present moment as much as I could, that anxiety did not dictate my actions. It did not inhibit me from doing what I wanted to do while there. It did not negatively impact my experience of the convention whatsoever. And the second thing is that in the next podcast, I'm going to share with you what I learned at the conference. So don't worry, it's not going to be any hard to understand medical terms or information. I'm going to break it down for you to make it applicable to your life. The topic of the convention was inflammation. And at first you may think that inflammation has no relation to social anxiety. You know, when we think of inflammation, we think of physical concerns like arthritis, right? So how are social anxiety and inflammation even related? Well, you'd be surprised. So stay tuned for next week's podcast. Okay, so before we jump into the topic of this podcast, a quick reminder that the show notes for every episode are available on the Calm Living Blueprint website. The show notes include the actual mp3 recording, the transcript of the podcast, any resources mentioned, as well as the home play that I recommend in each episode. The show notes for today's episode can be found at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash seven calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash seven. And that's the number seven as in episode number seven. All right, so let's jump right in. Your mind is like a time machine. Yep, a time machine. Shout out to all the Doctor Who fans out there. It's lucky for us that our mind can conceptualize the past and the future. It's a hugely useful ability. It allows us to reflect on and learn from the past and to predict and plan for the future. As we grow older, our mind gets better and better at doing tricks like conjuring up the past and the future. But unfortunately, this often creates problems. As children, we can easily live in the present, but by adulthood, our mind is like an out of control time machine that constantly pulls us back into the past or forward into the future. As a result, we spend a lot of time in the past reliving old hurts, failures, rejections, and mistakes, or a lot of time in the future worrying about everything that could go wrong. And meanwhile, we're missing out on life in the present. It's hard to get any satisfaction or fulfillment from your life if you're not actually present to appreciate it. So one important part of overcoming social anxiety and really any so-called mental health issues is learning how to do that, to shift from time machine mode to appreciating what's here and now. Be here now. It's about being in the here and now, making contact with the present moment, being fully conscious of your experience instead of being lost in your thoughts. This is especially important if you find yourself overly preoccupied with the past or the future, if you act impulsively or mindlessly, or if you feel disconnected in your relationships, or if you find yourself using distraction strategies a lot to avoid life like mindlessly watching TV or surfing the web. Okay, so for example, imagine you're playing tennis and instead of keeping your attention on the ball, you focus on all the thoughts inside your head. 
Am I holding the racket correctly? Are my feet in the best position? Jeez, that ball is coming at me fast. If your focus is on your thoughts rather than the ball, how well do you think you'd play? Chances are not very good, right? To play well, you need to keep your attention on the ball. And this pretty much applies to everything. If you want to have a great conversation, if you want to have great sex, if you want to have a great game of golf, if you want to write well, sing well, speak well, and on and on, you have to be psychologically present. You need to be engaged in what is happening in the moment. If you want to enjoy the experience, you need to be engaged in what you're doing. And this was something I had to do a lot of work on, especially when I found myself in social situations. I found socializing very stressful and would often close down or just get paralyzed. And looking back on it, I think the biggest contributing factor to this was the fact that I allowed myself to get caught up in my thoughts. You know, thoughts like, I've got nothing to say, I'm so boring, I hope this person likes me. Instead of paying attention to the person I was talking with. Of course, I couldn't follow or contribute to a conversation when I was so entangled in my thoughts. And of course, I didn't enjoy the experience. If we want to socialize well, we need to pay attention to the other person. Notice what they are saying, their facial expressions and body language, to connect with them, to engage with them. The one thing you'll notice about confident people is that they are very engaged in whatever it is they are doing. If they're playing sports, they're totally engaged in the game. If they're socializing, they're completely absorbed in the conversation. When you say someone is confident, you have no idea what they are thinking or feeling. So what tells you that they're confident? That statement is based on what you observe them doing, how they are behaving through their actions. And the wonderful thing about this is, is that when we keep our attention on what we are doing and are fully engaged in whatever task we're doing, then it doesn't matter what our minds say. Our thoughts just come and go. It's like that radio playing in the background. Now, I have an idea what you may be thinking at this point. You may be thinking... Isn't there an easier way? Well, what would you say if I told you that I can't ride a bike? That I think at my age, it would be too hard to learn to ride a bike. I've got no sense of balance. I'm afraid of falling off. Why would I even want to bother? What would you say to me? Would you say, oh, you're right, Candace. It's too hard. Don't even try it. Would you say, Candace, there's no need for you to actually get on the bike. Just read some books about bike riding and then you'll be all set. Or would you say something like, sure, it's hard initially, but if you keep getting on the bike and practicing, then over time it'll get easier. Learning how to be here now, how to be present, is basically the same as learning to ride a bike or play the piano or to bake a cake. It may seem hard at the beginning, but it gets easier with practice. And just like those other skills, over time you can get better and better at it until you're mindful, even in the most challenging of situations. So what do I mean by fully engaging? I mean pay attention. Pay attention with openness, curiosity, and flexibility. Openness, curiosity, and flexibility. 
Okay, so even if your experience in this moment is difficult or unpleasant, you can be open to it and curious about it without running from it or fighting it. And flexibility comes in when you can consciously direct or focus your attention on different aspects of your experience. I think this will become a little clearer once we start doing some exercises together. Okay, so what I want you to do right now is simply notice what you hear. Now, you may need to take your earbuds out if you have earbuds in just for a moment. Um, Put me on speaker. If you can't do that right now, be sure to come back to this point and try this exercise a little later. Okay, so notice what you hear. Notice the sounds coming from yourself. Your breathing, your movements. Then expand your awareness to notice the sounds around you. Listen to these sounds as if you were a musician appreciating great music. Notice the different pitches, volumes, and rhythms. Notice how some sounds fade or descend while others start or grow louder. Do this right now over the next few seconds. Next, look around and notice five things you can see. Look at each object as if you were an artist studying a famous masterpiece. Notice the shape, the color, texture, shading. Notice any shadows, reflections, highlights. So take a few seconds to do that. Linger on each object with a sense of curiosity, no matter how familiar or mundane the object seems. Now, sit up straight in your chair or stand up straight and notice the position of your body. Push your feet firmly into the floor, straighten your spine and drop your shoulders. Take a few seconds to scan your body from head to toe, noticing what you feel in each part of it. Do this with intense curiosity, as if you were a scientist from another planet who had been granted the experience inside a human body for the first time. Now do all of those things simultaneously. Sit up or stand straight. Plant your feet firmly in the ground. Focus your attention from your body to what you see to what you hear. And do that for a few seconds. All right, great work. So what happened? Did you become more present, more aware of your surroundings and your body? And that was a very simple exercise that we just walked through, but I think it helps give a sense of what we mean by being here now. And in the handout for your home play this week, which you can download from the Calm Living Blueprint website, you'll find a few more exercises that you can try to practice being here now.
And the great thing about these exercises is that you can practice them anytime, anywhere. Practice them when you are stopped at a red light, when you're waiting in line, during TV commercial breaks, when you arrive early for a meeting, in bed as you drift off to sleep, when you're waiting for the bus or for a movie to begin. Every little bit of practice counts. Even one minute a day is better than nothing. Use simple reminders to develop this habit. For example, stick a label on the fridge or your car, car dashboard with the word engage on it. Use your computer or telephone to set a reminder for yourself each day. Plan in advance if you know you're going to have a little extra time waiting at the doctor's office or at the airport or whatever. Schedule this in as part of your day. Now, a common objection I hear from clients is, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And my gut reaction to that comment is, make the time. If this is important enough to you, you can find the time. And of course, I try to say that in a nice way. Sure, I hear myself saying that sometimes too. We all say it since most of us are busy people. But you really can practice being here now, anytime, anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be a formal exercise. There are all sorts of opportunities for practice without having to even alter your daily routine. I mean, think about your morning routine, for example. You can turn any part of your morning routine into a mindfulness session. Brushing your teeth, shaving, having a shower, getting dressed, making the bed, making breakfast, eating breakfast, having a cup of tea, and so on. So for example, if you're making a cup of tea, Engage in every little step of the process using all five of your senses. Observe what is happening with curiosity, like you've never done it before. Notice all the different sounds, like the crescendo of the kettle filling up, the sharp click of the on switch, the rumble of boiling water, the hiss of steam escaping, the swish as you pour the water into the cup, the trickle as you lift the tea bag out, the gentle splash as you add milk. Notice all the different visual elements, the thick rush of steam spouting from the kettle, the misty swirls of steam rising from the water in your cup, the light rippling on the surface as you dunk the tea bag, the, fuff, the fluffy clouds of milk billowing up to the surface. Notice all the different movements your body makes, the interaction of your shoulder, arm, hand, and eyes as you're lifting up the kettle, turning on the tap, replacing the kettle, pouring the water. See if you can discover something new something you previously took for granted. There is so much to discover. Now this may sound silly, but I assure you that it will not feel silly. Okay, but don't take my word for it. Try it out for yourself. As you do this, your mind may try to hook you with all the things on your to-do list or worries about upcoming events or situations. Let those thoughts come and go like passing cars. Engage in what you are doing in the here and now. Remember, you can practice being mindful with anything at any time. So how does this relate specifically to social anxiety? Well, it's humanly impossible to be anxious and present in the moment at the same time. You can't do it. Anxiety is fear or worry about a future scenario. By its very definition, it excludes mindfulness. You start being mindful, being present with simple things like making a cup of tea 
And with practice over time, it becomes habit for you, something that is just second nature to you. The more fully we can contact our here and now experience, the more effectively we can act, and the more fulfilling life becomes. Leo Tolstoy wrote, There is only one time that is important. Now. It is the most important time because it is the only time we have any power. There is only one time that is important. Now. It is the most important time because it is the only time we have any power. Life happens now in this moment. Okay, so here's your home play for this week. Choose any one of the simple mindful techniques we went over or that are in the handout and practice it whenever you feel yourself starting to zone out or flip out, whenever you're entering a stressful situation or any opportunity you have throughout the day. Of course, there's going to be times when you escape the present moment into daydreams, fantasies, books, or movies and that's okay. Acknowledge that and gently bring your focus back. Remember, the only time is now. The more you can connect with your here and now experience, the less anxiety will influence your actions and the more fulfilling life becomes. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast beneficial, please leave a comment and rating on iTunes. I really appreciate it. Till next week, I'm Candice Esposito. Keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm.